Dash podcast with Pastor Rick Hill, Senior Pastor of Grace Community Church in Rawls, New Mexico. I'm Marie Manning. What an honor it is to have you join us today. Our goal at Living Your Dash is to better help you connect the dots of discipleship so that you can find and fulfill God's purpose for your life. Let's join Rick and Sean with this week's podcast. Well, thank you, Marie, and thanks so much for introducing us once again. Doesn't she do a brilliant job? She does. We appreciate her every week. We should double her pay, so, <laughs> which is nothing, guys. So Anyway, Rick, this last week you talked about getting a grip on recreation, but instead of how to improve, I don't know, like your golf or tennis or bowling game, you, you talked about the fourth commandment, uh, which is honoring the Sabbath. To me, that's kind of odd that you place this in the grip series because it seems like it's ungripped to me. Why, why bring it up? Well, I think the reason God put it in the Ten Commandments is, I'll think of this way, you know, that, that having a Sabbath rest, taking a day off, Sean, that seldom happens accidentally. Hmm. It just requires intentionality on our part. Uh, but because when you when you really get down to the way life works, hmm. taking a day off every week, it just tends to be at the bottom of the food chain. Yeah, yeah. And and too often by the end of the week, there's there's nothing left of uh, of a Sabbath because work and details and honeydew list and a thousand other things just eat away. It just yeah. eat away, eat away, eat away. And that's the problem. It's at the bottom of the food chain. Yeah. Yeah. You know, as, as we were preparing for this, I, I, I read a stat. It said that in 1960, only 20% of mothers work. Today, it's 70%. And I, th- I actually think that's, that's a little low. Um, uh, and that U.S. workers work an average of 1,767 hours per year versus the world average in developed countries of, do you know what it is? Yeah, 1,687. That's right. We work 435 more hours than Germans, which I find interesting, 400 more than Brits, 365 more than France. That doesn't surprise me. And mm-hmm. <laughs> 100, now this surprised me, 116 more than, 69 more than the Japanese. That surprised me too. Yeah, I mean, I thought they, but we really do in this country love to work, don't we? We do, we yeah. do. And, and, and that's the problem is work is good, but sometimes it can become, it has an addictive property yeah. because we wrap our identity up in our work. Ooh. We'll talk to, about I that. I want to get more into that. Yeah. Uh, the, the last stat that I read was, was really astounding. It said that since 1950, we have increased our workload to 430%. Uh, I mean, we're actually the only developed country in the world that doesn't have a federally mandated paid day off policy. And and I just, I thought, which to me I'm thinking, well, why are you whining? Just go to work. Or take your day. But I think that that's maybe part of the, the, the problem, not problem, but just part of the way that we see things is that we just don't place a value on disengaging from work. Yeah, you, you said it a moment ago, that Americans, we really love to work. Yeah. We may complain about work, complain about our jobs, but we're, we're rather addicted to work. Yeah. In fact, here's here's a little experiment that our listeners can try. I, I do it all the time just for fun to see the reaction. Uh-huh. But Americans, their favorite answer to this question, hey, Sean, how are things going? The number one answer, <laughs> busy. 
Yeah. It's really amazing. You just uh -huh. small talk. When you're doing small talk, hey, how are things at work? Oh, man, we are busy. Hey, how are things going? Oh, we're really busy. So here's what I do, and, and I want my the, the people out here to try this. Ooh. It's fun. So the next time someone says, hey, boy, I bet things are really busy at church, or, man, I bet things are really busy in your life, say, no, actually, they're about right. <laughs> it totally catches people off guard yeah. because they are ready to hear the word busy. Busy, yeah. And I, it happened to me yesterday. I was at a place of business, mm -hmm. and, and the lady said, uh, well, how, how are things going? Pretty busy right now? And I said, no, actually, they're about <laughs> right. And she just had this shocked look on her Didn't face. Know what to do with that. And she said, oh, and that was it. <laughs> That was it. But it, it proves a point that we, it's a compliment when, some, when, when somebody says, hey, how are you doing? It's a compliment to yourself when you say the word busy. Yeah. That is telling on the American culture. We, we always want things in the United States. Well, I guess this is everywhere, but, but I, I just love what you had to talk about this week because the, the need for balance is so important. But if we look at the graph, we want things to go up and to the right, right? Or uh, to the right and always up, and the upper the better. Um, but we really do have this addiction towards progress and better and faster and more and more and more. I mean, how many widgets can somebody make in an hour? How many, uh, how much can you really pack into a 24 hour period? Well, and I shared Sunday, uh, what, not my original quote, but somebody said, Americans tend to worship at their work, work at their play, and play at their worship. Can you, I that is so important, and, and repeat it one more time. Yeah, Americans tend to worship at their work, work at their play, and play at their worship. Why, now, why did you mention that Sunday? I, I think I know why, but can you tell me why that was an important phrase to put in there? Well, because, you know, the main reason was we were talking about t t taking a, a Sabbath rest and a a part of the Sabbath rest, biblically speaking, is worship. Yeah. And many, I'm afraid many Christians in America play at their worship. In mm. other words, they really don't take it serious. Uh-huh. Um, many, many churches, when they look at average attendance, and this is from church members, uh -huh. it's 1.5 Sundays a month. Wow. So you know, how serious are they about gathering one day a week, which is what the Sabbath is commanded. You work six days, and then you, you take a day off yeah. to rest, reflect, and to worship. Yes. So if I'm, if I'm obeying God 1.5 times a month, how good is that? Ooh, 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 ooh. Yeah, that'd be saying, you know, um, uh, to my wife, you know, I really only want to see you 1.5 times this, this yeah. month. I mean, that <laughs> yeah. How strong of a relationship are you going to have with your wife? Uh, that that ain't going to work. Yeah, that's, that's not going to work. That thing don't fly. So, you know, I just I thought it was very interesting that when you flashed the scripture, your your base scripture, and then I really thought about well, well, some of the other scriptures like uh, worship the Lord your God, uh, or do not lie, uh, do not uh, do not kill, uh, do not steal. Um, so so short, so brief. But then you come to this commandment, and there's a lot that God wants to say about this. Um, 
what what does it mean that God is saying so much about his commandment for us to observe the Sabbath and make it holy? Yeah, I don't think he's diminishing the shorter commandments. I don't think he's saying, oh, this no. is more important. But yeah. it certainly is elevating this one to, uh, to, uh, to a high level of importance. Maybe God realized this would be the one we would break more often. Yeah, you know, most people are going to say, "Oh, yeah, I haven't killed anybody today. I'm not stealing anything." Well, how are you doing on the Sabbath? Oh, yeah, I'm not too good on that one. And it, I find it important and interesting that in this commandment, God doesn't just include the person, but He includes the person's servants. Yeah. Uh, in other words, in our culture, it'd be the boss, the employees. Even the animals, mm. he said, "Give your give your animals a day off. Yeah. Don't work them." And I thought, boy, in the American culture, even bosses who take a day off, do they give their employees a day off, oh. or are they working them seven <laughs> days a week? And then you and I both know, Sean, since the invention of this amazing cell phone, are you <laughs> ever really away from work? Uh, no. Are you ever really away from work? Yeah. And many mm-hmm. people have to honestly say no. You know, 8 o'clock at night, my boss texts me and yeah. says, hey, you got to do this or, you know, make sure in the morning you do that. And most people can't bring themselves to turn their cell phone off at night and not answer it. Yeah. So the the cell phone that was meant to be a great convenience for us, and it has been, the, the curse side of that is for many people, they never, ever stop working. Yeah, it's it, it's a little perplexing to me because uh, I'm thinking that of a couple people that I know that they have they always carry two cell phones with them always their personal phone and then their work phone because they're always at the beck and call of their boss and I'm thinking man I sure hope you get paid more for that um, and I've even seen somebody with three cell phones and I thought what in the world do you do and uh, I I thought that that is just crazy. What, what I thought was interesting was that God gave this commandment to um, basically a lot of ex-slaves, right? Right. I, I'm thinking, well, yeah, this is going to be the easy command for them to go. Why, why does he have to put so much into this command um, for them to, to take an intentional rest? I'm thinking, well, yeah, they're going to rest, but that ain't necessarily so, is it? No, really, God knows human nature. He created us, and he knows our tendencies. Yeah. And there is just a tendency to not not take a break. It's yeah. like just, a, I'm going to work a little bit more to make a little more money so I can buy a little more stuff. Yeah. You, you made the point that I thought was interesting. I think a lot of us are surprised to find out that Sabbath doesn't mean Saturday or church day. Um, what does it mean? Yeah, it means to cease or mm. to desist. The word uh-huh. literally means to to stop. Uh-huh. So you're doing something, and when somebody says Sabbath, it's like a stop sign. It's like you're driving down the road and you're not paying attention, and your passenger says stop. Yeah. And you hit the brake, and you look up and you realize, oh, there's a stop sign. Yeah. That's the word to cease or to stop. And and in the work world, what it means is. Take a day every week to stop what you do at your job. Hmm. Now, that's going to differ. You know, everybody's going to be different. You know, if uh, somebody is a truck driver, that means, hey, one day a week, don't drive your truck. Yeah. Uh, see, now, interesting. 
for me, Sean, you know, I I spend a lot of time at a desk because uh, I'm preparing messages, answering phone calls, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So for me to stop work can mean uh, mowing my lawn <laughs> because, see, yeah. that's not my job. And and it kind of fills my tank. I get out and say, I'm, I'm in... I'm inside all week. Yeah. So to me, my day of rest, part of that includes don't be inside an office somewhere. <laughs> and so for me, if I'm out mowing the lawn, working in the working in the flower bed, uh, doing anything different, it is building in that break. Stop doing what you are normally doing for your job. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate you you bringing that up. So let's let's think a little bit more about about some of your points. So so and by the way, folks, if you haven't looked it up, this is just an excellent message. Go to roswellgrace.com forward slash watch and you can watch this message. So the Bible commands that we keep work in perspective. And so you said recreation. Um, in, in, it's, I mean, it's in your message title. And so, but as you pointed out, you actually mean a recreation. Is that the difference between a day off and a Sabbath? Um, I, I, I point this out because, um, I, and I struggled with this. Well, you know, we talked about this before, but because Eugene Peterson, a writer that I really enjoy, uh, spoke of Christians who merely take a day off but not honor the spirit of the Sabbath, like you just talked about just a few moments ago. And so, and he said that a lot of times we, when in treating it in a, in a unintentional manner, it's really what he calls, and folks, this is Eugene Peterson, not me, a bastard Sabbath. It's not the real type of Sabbath. What are, any thoughts about that? Yeah, I think he's exactly right. It, it, see, Sabbath is not uh, sitting in my lazy boy all day watching TV. Mm. Now, it involves rest. Mm-hmm. You know, physical rest is a big part of the Sabbath. But it also includes reflection. Mm. Uh, so, you know, that's why I like if I'm out in creation, I, I, I reflect on God's creation and just enjoying the sunshine, enjoying the breeze, enjoying the the green grass and the trees. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's rest and it's reflection and it's worship. Yeah. And setting that side, that, that day aside where a part of that day is going to be gathering with other Christians and worshiping God. Right. That's a huge part of it. And so, yeah, it's not just, man, I can't wait for Saturday to get here so I can sleep all day. Sleep <laughs> sleep will be part, but yeah. not all. Right. So I was, I was just thinking about that. I mean, so can we say that rest and sleep is the same thing? No, then you really can't. Mm. Um, it's... Sleep is a part of rest, but rest is bigger. Rest, you know, it involves physical rest, which is sleep, but it also just resting your mind. Yeah. Um, resting just what you do every day, you know, resting that part of your brain mm. uh, is a part of it. But I, I, again, I think reflection and worship are two big parts of Sabbath. Okay. All right, so can you remind us again, if you don't mind us being a little personal, um, and I know that that's going to be reflective on me too, but but how do you do Sabbath? You mentioned that you enjoy, it replenishes you, getting out there and, and really creating something 
in your backyard. I think that's great. Yeah, for me, uh, it, Saturday is my regular Sabbath, mm-hmm. and so I do. And so what I what I try to do on Saturday is what I don't do the other six days. <laughs> um, and so it can be getting out. Now, there's sometimes that my Saturday gets interrupted with a wedding or a funeral. Right. And so on those days, I try to, to build into the rest of the week some extra time. So maybe I'll take a, a, a Friday afternoon, like last week I had a Saturday event, so I took Friday afternoon off. Yeah. Uh, I always I try to take, you know, after a busy Sunday morning, I try to take Sunday afternoon off. I don't, I don't plan things at 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock. There might be an event occasionally on Sunday night. Yeah, I try to keep my evenings free. Um, so most weeks I have one, maybe two evenings that I'm out. Mm-hmm. But even there, I try to, to me, the, it's balance and rhythm. Balance and rhythm is yeah. what I'm looking for. Um, and, and and even on Sunday morning, you know, it's a bad, you know, pastor, it's a pastor, you, you're working Sunday morning. Well, you know, part of it, yeah, when I'm preaching, that would be my work, my mm-hmm. job. But I'm not working during the music time. I'm worshiping God yeah. and, and fellowshipping with people before church, after church. So a big part of it, I think, Sean, is asking the question, what fills my bucket, what drains my bucket? Mm. Sabbath is designed to, to say, okay, what fills my bucket? Whatever that is, do that on your Sabbath. Yeah. Yeah. You know, for for myself, that's that's what I love to do. I've I've tried to 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 be honest with you, I think that that I had I've been less intentional. So this was a well, I'm getting off a sabbatical and we can talk about that if you want to, but but I I really felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit to to say, "You've given me you've taken days off, but you really haven't given me your Sabbath." And uh and so I I do Boy, I really resonate when you talk about what are the things that replenish me, and so I've I've decided that for the for the best that I can do from from really Friday, well, it depends. Things will sometimes kind of juggle around, but but Friday Friday noon to, to Saturday noon, I I really want to see how can I how can I intentionally rest, replenish, and restore. Uh, what mm-hmm. God is doing in my life, uh, and mm-hmm. I love to break open. I, I love to break open some um, classic Christian literature. Uh, one of my favorite books is actually uh, a friend. A friend sent me a book that he wrote uh, uh, called um, uh, the the, uh, the Puritan's Gold, and so it's like Puritan writings, and and uh, it's interesting. And I know that probably is probably the most boring thing somebody could ever think of, but I love it. I love it, and and I it builds my spirit. Yeah, what fills your fills your bucket? That's yeah. what's important. And see, this is where the Jewish leaders in Jesus' day missed the whole point of the Sabbath. Yeah, they started putting restrictions on. Oh, you can only take this many steps. You can only go this far from your house. Well, Sean, you and I both know of people that what fills their bucket is getting on their bicycle and going for a ride. <laughs> Or, or going for a walk, getting up early in the morning, going for a, a nice long walk. Well, the Jewish leaders would have said, no, nope, you're violating the Sabbath. Yeah. No, you're fulfilling the Sabbath. Yeah. And that's the whole point is take a day off to fill up spiritually, physically, emotionally. Fill your life back up so you're ready for the next six days. 
I find it interesting that many times Jesus used the Sabbath as a point of provocation between himself and those that were, were basically lying about God's intentions. And he, he took probably the greatest offense towards this particular, well, I can't say that, but a great offense towards this violation of God's command. Yeah, it, it, when you study the Gospels, I would, I would say it's the number one wow. reason that they nailed Jesus to the cross. <laughs> wow. It's because he would intentionally quote-unquote, break the Sabbath, as in break their definition of the Sabbath. Yeah. He would intentionally do it. And it was like, hey, you got six other days to do this. Why are you, why are you healing this man on the Sabbath? You know, or why are your, your apostles you know, going through the field and eating kernels of grain? Of grain? And, <laughs> you, know, they could, you could do this any other day. And Jesus is saying, you know, I could, but the reason I'm violating your definition of the Sabbath is so you'll get a clue. Yeah. Because you guys have missed the whole point of the Sabbath. Wow. Wow. Yeah, and that's as as I was sitting there in the auditorium I thought, wow, is the is Jesus Lord of my Sabbath, of the Sabbath that he intends to create with me. Rick, what about people that are are retired? I mean, aren't they kind of in a constant state of Sabbath in that way? Yeah, you know, some might be. I remember <laughs> when my dad retired he retired from maybe about a year, and he, he went back to work. And I said, Dad, what'd you go back to work for? And he said, man, I had to get some rest. <laughs> and his point was, he was kind of a jack-of-all-trades, and everybody would call him up and say, hey, can you help me do this? Can you fix this? Can you?" And my dad had trouble saying no to people, oh. which, by the way, is another really great lesson to learn. If you're mm. going to keep the Sabbath, you've got to learn to say, no, I can't do that. I cannot work seven days a week. I cannot do that. Wow. And so you, sometimes you just have to do that. But p- for people who are retired, I would encourage them to, to create a, a schedule where they do have this rhythm of making sure that at least one day they're doing something different than the other six days. Yeah, yeah. Growing in, growing in their spirit, growing in the, in the, in the Word, growing in um, oh, spiritual application and things like that. Um, I found that your illustration that we literally need a day of rest uh, uh, in order to survive, uh, I find it fascinating that a lack of rest, uh, overstress, can literally kill you. I, I just, I find that hard to believe, but researchers, and these are not Christian doctors, this, this is just regular researchers, they know that we need an appropriate amount of stress, they call it eustress, but there's also the point of, of a law of diminishing returns where it becomes distress and it actually causes disease. Um, I mean, all God's commands are practical and pleasant, but this one really goes to the meat of the issue. Any more comment on that or thoughts? I remember reading sometime back the American Medical Association. They said, Sean, that 50% of hospital patients are admitted because of a stress-related issue. What? So you wow. go to the hospital, half of those rooms are filled with people, and what's underlying the reason they're there is stress-related. Oh I mean, that is enormous. And what it says to me is our bodies are just not designed to run at full RPM constantly. Yeah. I mean, think about when you're driving down the street, or let's say driving down the highway and you're going to pass somebody. So, you you know, you step on that accelerator a little hard and it 
it kicks into what's known as the passing gear. Mm-hmm. And you know, you've all heard the engine really revs up loud and it gives you enough power to get around. Now, what happens if you don't let off the gas? If you keep it in passing gear constantly, what's gonna happen? You're gonna burn your engine up. Right. We are not designed to run at full RPM. There's moments where we hit it and we're, we're working hard, pushing it hard, but you can't do that. You got to back off. And God knows that. And he said, yeah. man, one day a week, you got to back off. Yeah. You yeah. got to back off. You have to downshift, let off, and coast. I find it interesting that, that we we intuitively know that, that I cannot keep my car engine in high rev the whole time expecting not to, to throw a rod or destroy the engine. Why do we feel like we can do that with our lives? And I've, we've all, I've done it too, but using work as an excuse not to deal with the <laughs> with the the red engine light that's that's coming up and it's cuz it's not fun to to try to figure out what's wrong with my marriage what's wrong with my relationship with my kids what's wrong with my relationship with other people um, things like that yeah and if you get your strokes from your job yeah then it even makes it more dangerous because you will use work as your escape yeah and you're thinking oh this is this is what fills my tank well, uh, at some point, it, it fills it to a dangerous level. Yeah. And you cannot do that. You just can't do it. Yeah. You know, I, I kind of wonder if, um, if God knows that, that if, we, if, we don't, if we don't dial it back, uh, not only is it, just going to, is it going to cause the distress of our, of our physical body and our spiritual body, but it's going to damage other people around us. And, and that's why he... He talks about this. Um, I find the fact that, that God demonstrated the Sabbath for us. Why did, I mean, he doesn't have to explain it to anybody. He just told us, this is what I'm doing. Why do you think, though, that God did that? Yeah, it takes six days to create the universe and said on the seventh day, he rested. Mm-hmm. He rested. And it wasn't because he was tired. Right. I believe, Sean, it was because he wanted to reflect on what he had done. Mm. He wanted to reflect on his creation. And when you read through all the text, it's very interesting. You know, rest on the seventh day, and he is very pleased. He's very pleased with what he's accomplished. I think that's what he's wanting to model for us is we work six days, and there needs to be a satisfaction and said, you know, I got a lot done. In, the, in these last six days, I need to stop and, you know, thank God that he gave me the skill yeah. to pull it off. Thank God that he gave me the energy yeah. and the talent and the abilities and the opportunity to do all that. Now, I'm not going to do it on day seven. I'm going to reflect on what God has allowed me to do. I believe God was simply reflecting joyfully, very satisfied with what he had accomplished. And yeah. that was the purpose of God's seventh day rest. I, I think that also um, it's a great spiritual um, metaphor as well in terms of our salvation. We, if somebody says, well, if I don't work, then I, I won't make money or I won't be able to, to get produce. And, and so it's a matter of trusting God that he's gonna, he can do in six days what we think we can't get done unless it's, there's seven. Um, and then it goes back to our, our own spiritual growth and really our salvation as well. It's like there, I, I have to trust that God's going to do everything 
for me, that he can get it done. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Um, you know, Rick, I, I, I just I just got off my sabbatical. I, do you mind me talking about that? I for would just like a to. Yeah. Since we're talking about rest, tell us a little bit. What what did you experience? Well, you know, I think that that the one word, and, and you already talked about it, which was the word intention. I think that um, sabbatical, of course, is 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 an extended Sabbath in that way. I'm I'm so pleased, and I, I appreciate the the leadership, your leadership, the deacons' leadership. And giving to pastors at Grace uh, at 10 years a, a month-long sabbatical, which is so rare in, in the American church uh, because we, we kind of follow the pattern of our culture. But it's actually a pretty ancient uh, way of doing things, um, and it's, it's not un, unheard of in other countries, but it is unheard of here in the United States. And so I appreciate us not following the culture of work, but following the culture uh, of the Bible. Um, we, we know that the scripture tells us that every seven years, they were to, the Israelites were to have a, a, a year. Uh, I forgot the time. What was it three months or was it a whole year? I can't remember, but yeah, it was a set aside time. <laughs> yeah, where they had to trust that God was going to take care of them. And then, of course, all debts would be paid uh, and then all slaves would be freed. Uh, I think they call it the year Jubilee. And, and so it was... I appreciated this sabbatical in that it really helped me to uncover um, so much about myself. And so there were four most most important components of this. One was to, as you already talked about, stop and then rest and then delight or replenish and then to contemplate. And so um, on our Sabbath, we I studied more about the philosophy of, of rest and trusting God. Um, Sabbatical also enabled me to, to um, reconnect with, with Brenda, with my wife. I mean, I love my church, uh, but no one loves me and cares for me more than Brenda. And so when I got sick with cancer and when I got sick with COVID, um, we had to put so much off. Uh, so it was great to reconnect. And, and she took the opportunity, some of you know this, but she took the opportunity to do some travel hacking. And we ended up being in Hawaii for almost three weeks. And so it was... Uh, I'm so glad we actually got away out of the physical boundaries of the, even the United States just so that we could explore a new culture, a new, almost a new country, uh, a new uh, setting just so that we could be together. Um, I already told you about, I feel like I did hide behind work. One of the things that I struggle with is that, you know, I, I want to I please you, my boss. And... Uh, uh, I, and we've talked a little bit about the Korean guilt thing, and that really does go deep. Uh, and uh, I needed to remember that 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 God is already pleased uh, through Jesus Christ uh, in me, uh, so I don't have to work at it. So it was a little struggle at first. To, I, I I was tense about would people think I'm lazy? Would people think I was uh, taking advantage of the church? That I was stealing from the church in this way and and it was really really difficult uh, the last part was also to, to really think and pray and write about what was this whole cancer experience for mm -hmm. and what do I need to learn what what can I share with the world and so that's still in development too yeah so. you know I think Sean maybe what you were learning is work is what we do not who we are yeah it is not who we are <laughs> 
and my, my identity, your identity and self-worth, it cannot be based on your job. Because what happens if something happens and you no longer can do your job? Yeah. Does that mean your self-worth is destroyed? Tragically, for it many can. American men especially, when they retire, they, they do not do well. Yeah. Because they think my job is who I am. Yeah. No, no. I, my job is being a pastor, but yeah. that's not who I am. Yeah. <laughs> it really is tragic. I, I, I know of a couple men that, and I've heard the phrase, it's kind of a joke, but, it's, but I think the joke is there for real because it's based on reality that the leading cause of death is retirement. <laughs> yeah, for many American men. Yeah. That is exactly right. Uh, wow. So, well, Rick, what would, um, what would happen if disciples of Jesus were more intentional about observing the Sabbath in their life? I would say, first of all, obviously, better health. Better health, doctors will tell you that. Yeah. I would say, second, uh, better relationships. Uh, when we're stressed out, we get tense, we get edgy, yeah. which is uh, like throwing a stick of dynamite into a marriage or a relationship. Mm. Uh, I, I know when I'm overworked, I get edgy and a little tense with mm-hmm. other people, uh, short with other yeah. people, so we'd have better relationships. And th- this may surprise some people, but I think it, I know this. It would be better work. You do better work when you are not overworked. Yeah. When we are rested, our minds are focused, we can accomplish more in less time. When we are able to just to build that margin in, learn to say no, no, no to all the peripheral, and then you're able to say yes to the important things. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, we have come to the point of our podcast my favorite part of the podcast where we talk about Rick's quote of the week. Okay, Rick, what do you got for us? Well, you know, we're going through the uh, the book Living Your Dash, yeah. uh, reading the, the quotes at the head of each chapter. Now, chapter five in the book is called Don't Quit Before the Finish Line. And there's a great quote that I put from Walt, uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson. <laughs> I'll get it right in a yes. minute. Ralph Waldo Emerson. But think about this one. The great majority of men are bundles of beginnings. Hmm. Now, the reason that fits today, Sean, is a lot of people begin with a lot of energy, but they don't know how to pace themselves. And so the great majority of men are bundles of beginnings. They begin, 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 but then they wear themselves out. If you can can think about life as long-term, I'm going to build in, I'm going to work six days, take a day off, build that rhythm of work and rest. You won't be a bundle of beginnings. Uh, You will really be a bundle of accomplishments and finishes at the end. Yes, God's working in you. Okay, well, what else is going on here at Grace? Easter weekend, Sean. Uh, And we always add a Saturday night service. Mm -hmm. and, And I'm very excited. Saturday night six, then our regular Sunday morning 9-10-45 services. I'm going to talk about getting a grip on hope. What does it take? What does it look like? Because there's so much hopelessness in our world right now. How can we get a fresh grip on hope? I hope people will join us for Easter weekend at Grace. Fantastic. All right. Rick, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for spending time with us today. We hope that you've been encouraged and better informed. We love to get feedback, so send us an email with your comments and suggestions to info at If you like what we're doing here at Living Your Dash, 
please hit the subscribe button, leave us a review on your platform, and share this with your friends. For more information about Grace Community Church, please point your browser to roswellgrace.com. Until next time, I'm Marie, and this is Living Your Dash.